the state of AI in SEO. What is the current state of AI in SEO? How is AI impacting the formation of an SEO strategy? How is AI currently impacting content strategies? And what are the best AI tools available for SEO at the moment? I'm your host, David Bain, and that's what we're covering today on the Majestic SEO panel. So without any further ado, let's get the panel to introduce themselves, starting off with Annika. Hi, so I'm Annika. I'm the SEO director at Seagate Digital. Um, we're a bespoke SEO agency based in the UK. And um, yeah, very excited to be here. Look forward to the chat. Great to have you here, Annika. Thanks for coming along. Also with us today is Garrett. Hey, everybody. Garrett Sussman of iPoll Rank. We're a digital marketing agency. I'm the demand generation manager, but head head down, nose deep in, in all sorts of AI. We do content strategy, SEO, technical SEO, and generative AI services, and just uh, really excited to participate and have this conversation because whatever we talk about today will be different tomorrow. Absolutely. Well, we'll have to come back tomorrow then, Garrett, if, <laughs> if that's what your intention was. Um, also joining us today is Pam. Hi, I'm Pam Monks-Cronin from Pam and Marketing and Stealth Search and Analytics. At Pam and Marketing, we work directly with clients on SEO, PPC, Analytics, and WordPress. And through Stealth, we provide the same services on a reseller basis through white label basis through other agencies. Um, been nerding out pretty hard on AI, yet also frustrated with the uh, lack of what it's doing for the SEO uh, industry. So it'll be an interesting chat for sure. Absolutely. Thanks, Pam. And last but not least is TJ. Thanks, David. So uh, yeah, hey, everybody. My name is TJ Sweet. Feel free to address me as TJ if that's way easier for you. Uh, I'm the SEO director at uh, Boardpresso. We do all things SEO. We live and breathe SEO. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy to be a part of this distinguished panel and share some insights on uh, everything that we've been doing from our side on the SEO side of things uh, with regards to AI. Super. Well, um, AI has perhaps changed everything over the last few months almost in terms of what might be possible from an SEO perspective but Pam was saying there maybe it hasn't impacted things as much as she hoped so shall we start off by exploring where AI is today versus a few months ago and what has been impacted and perhaps what hasn't been impacted so as you said that in the start Pam um, what do you feel has changed and what do you feel has stayed the same? Um, well, so far, I what's changed is I think that a lot of uh, SEO tool companies are brands are um, marketing themselves with the the buzzword AI. Um, and maybe they do have a, a small component of their platform that is AI driven. But for the most part, I feel like I just see a ton of really not AI tools claiming to be AI tools. <laughs> I don't know if it's okay. just me, but I feel like well, everyone I look at, I'm like, that's not AI. Well, let's let's see if, if that's the majority of um, <laughs> thoughts that um, happen to be um, perforating through the uh, <laughs> the uh, digital sphere in this particular webinar. So, Annika, um, has AI changed the way that you conduct your day-to-day -day SEO activities much? I think so. So at least at Seeker, we try to incorporate it in sort of various aspects of SEO because we obviously do digital PR, we do link building, technical SEO. So you have to kind of look into how to actually incorporate it into your processes and 
that can obviously take a long time and all of that has kind of evolved a lot in the past few months and I'm sure everybody's kind of experienced the same it was a massive rush in the beginning oh we need to use AI we need to use AI and it wasn't quite clear I guess for anybody how to how to really use it and when to use it I think um, at Seek what we feel AI's kind of most powerful um, tool is sort of the initial research and the sort of strategy stage for all of the sort of, I guess, content marketing and even tech SEO as well. So whether it's, you know, finding new topics or um, figuring out, um, you know, any any kind of, you know, specifics that you want to um, either include in your own content or perhaps even, you know, in your PR. Um, I think that's sort of the main area that we've finally kind of incorporated it uh, quite well. Um, I do understand what Pam mentioned there about sort of S, like few different SEO tools and AI tools uh, marketing themselves. Obviously, it's quite nice that, you know, the sort of more box standard and um, most common SEO tools are now trying to incorporate AI as well, just to sort of assist uh, the existing user um, user base, which obviously sometimes means that, okay, the price might get a bit higher, which means that maybe it's not so accessible mm-hmm. for um, certain, perhaps, you know, freelancers or small agencies. Um, but I think, yeah, generally for us, definitely it's always sort of seeking what's the best one. It's quite difficult to pinpoint, I guess, one tool, and often you have to jump from one to the other. So, um, which is the same with, I guess, any SEO tool as well. Um, so yeah, I think LLMs have been surprisingly good for us. Um, all, all, obviously, it's all sort of beta still uh, for most parts, and um, very much sort of expecting <laughs> sort of high. Um, we're having high expectations on even the next few months on like what things will look like and how they can be operated uh, by basically anybody. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite a it's quite a weird environment I think at the moment because we're kind of the big. Um, initial push has kind of slowed down a little bit people are kind of stepping back and reviewing um how they actually want to use ai um so yeah i think it's gonna probably change a little bit to a different direction moving forward okay so Initial research and strategy was what you started off with there, um, Annika. Um, you also alluded to the fact that maybe you've tried AI in certain areas, but pulled back a little bit. Can you maybe give an example of one or two areas in which you have tried to use AI in, but decided perhaps your more conventional processes are, are better to stick to at the moment? Well, I guess, again, it's very much like an experimentalism trial and error. So although we might have failed in one thing, it doesn't mean that we won't try it again. But I think it's quite common, I assume, especially with this panel as well, is that tech SEO can be quite tricky to um, have AI incorporated into those processes. Um, Often, you know, we're talking about sort of, you know, pulling data and analyzing data. Often, you know, there's a there's potentially at the moment a limit to how much you can trust AI in terms of understanding the whole, the brand, the business, what's the expectations from whether it's a client or a stakeholder. So um, perhaps, you know, things, I, I think my initial um, idea was uh, I'll do all the metadidals, all the internal linking using AI, but actually the reality is perhaps a little bit different. Um, some 
sort of more conventional SEO tools are, you know, surprisingly good at these. Uh, for example, we used to use Ahrefs for sort of internal re linking recommendations, whereby we still had the human aspect of checking, editing, um, and making the effort of making sure that the output uh, in the end was good enough. So, um, yeah, I think there's a bit of a, you know, playing around with whether it's an SEO tool or an AI tool, because sometimes you might need to use them both at the same time. Got you. Okay. So it's very much testing, learning, seeing what tools are right for you as a business to begin with in your particular industry sector that you happen to be in. And it's not a case of one size fits all. You just have to see what's right mm. for you. Garrett, um, what about you? How have you seen AI evolve and, and the way that AI is used by SEO over the last few months? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of great education that's happening. I mean, that's been the big thing is understanding like the limitations of what it can and cannot do. Like the you know, other panelists already mentioned, it's, you know, there are people out there who want this like one button to do it all for you. And, and that's not what it is. There's been a lot of trial and error. I mean, ever since ChatGPT came out over, you know, 14 months ago, because, you know, machine learning has been around for over a decade at this point, the AI element of it has become more mainstream for SEOs. And so I think when we realize that, you know, there are hallucinations, there are, you always need the human in the loop, a certain amount of like QA, whatever processes you're doing, then you can kind of tailor the AI workflows to speed up what you're able to do. You know, so it's not going to do it for you, but you can do things more efficiently. You can do it faster, whether it's, you know, categorization, you know, something that someone would like literally go and check every single one, you know, that takes forever. You can use AI to speed up that process and then you can just comb through and make sure, you know, it gets like 99% right. And you can do that faster and faster. So I think the next step is really the customization that's something we've been doing potentially with clients who are interested because people have different perspectives and opinions of ai you know some clients are all in and saying let's experiment let's try things others are like we don't do that and so you know things like taking content and putting it through like a brand guidelines ai reviewer type of tool that we're building out with custom gpt would be an option for you know using it. So there's still a lot of experimentation, but we're finding use cases that are effective. You touched upon brand guidelines there as well, and you also touched upon hallucinations earlier on. Um, if you train what the AI is doing for you well, and you keep everything to one conversation, um, is it not possible just to try to ensure that you don't have any hallucinations, or is hallucinations something that SEOs do have to continue to worry about no matter how well they go about training the AI? Well, here's the thing is why I don't think, you know, SEOs is a is going to be an industry that's ultimately eradicated by AI is you still need a certain amount of like knowledge, foundational knowledge of how it all works to be able to know how to guide the AIs. Perfect example. The other day, I was trying to build code to be able to check content relevance, right? To actually come up with a mathematical score of whether the paragraph I'm writing is relevant to a keyword I'm targeting. And so my boss, Mike King, knows this stuff inside out, has a computer science background. So I'm trying to do it myself. And it gave me this code that worked, but it was using an old version of a framework that's not used anymore. And Mike knew it. Right. And so my point is with SEO, we still need all this foundational knowledge, 
to actually make sure that is doing the right thing. You can't check for hallucinations if you don't know whether the hallucinations are correct or incorrect, and you can't spend all your time researching. So I do think that, you know, as SEOs, we can apply our expertise to, it's not perfect yet, but personally, I think in the near future, we're going to start solving a lot of these hallucination problems. Great points. But obviously you're always looking to position what you do as an SEO and as a business head and shoulders above your competitors. And if you can be great at what you do and spot hallucinations or errors or enhance the content, the suggestions that the AI provides, then obviously you're more likely to be ranking higher for your targets, keyword phrases in the future, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you still need the QA, right? Like you never want to put, whether you're working with AI or an actual like subject matter expert who gets it wrong, you know, you got to make sure that the content is accurate, useful, helpful, and serves your audience. So I think right now there's a little more handholding. The scary thing is, you know, how much worse is some of these AI outputs than like super junior team members anyway? You know, I feel like it's it's getting closer, which that's a tricky thing to mm. navigate, but I think there's truth to it. Absolutely. I mean, I, one thing I'd like to touch upon, ideally, if we have enough time is, um, how this impacts more junior roles in an SEO agency. Um, are we still training SEOs in the same type of way? Um, how do people get started when, to a certain degree, their competition is also AI as well? But maybe we should just park those thoughts for a second. And TJ, ask your thoughts. How are you actively using AI um, within your current SEO activities? Maybe how has that changed over the past few months? Absolutely, David. So um, obviously when OpenAI came out like, you know, last year or so, everybody came in, they started to write prompts for content generation. That was the primary use for it. It was to take the vanilla aspect of whatever the output was from the 3.5 model and then put it onto your blog and just hope that Google would rank you better. Um, so what evolved since then is better prompts. People understood that you need to make sure that the, the language model can understand how can you prompt better. And that definitely gave a better outcome in terms of the output from ChatGPT. And the second thing that has evolved over time is programmatic SEO has become a massive topic. We have major enterprises, we have startups, we have mid-sized companies that are leveraging programmatic SEO to build content at scale. But this has a major implication because this there's a layer of AI on top of it, which primarily comes from OpenAI's API. And when you want to generate content using the API, you have a lot more flexibility by setting what kind of parameters you want to choose for. Let's say you want to you know, have creativity to be extremely low when you're dealing with a client that's in the law firm, for example. You want the output to be as accurate as possible. And when you want to generate that specific content for like, let's say, uh, you know, um, accident, in, um, accident insurance for, um, Miami accident insurance for like Houston or something, there are local regulations, state level regulations that come into play. So you, it's really a matter of how we better structure our prompts, how we leverage the, the, the parameters from open AIs to make sure that we don't, you know, let hallucination, we don't let uh, the high level of creativity bring in a lot of misinformation affect the overall output of your content. So that's the kind of evolution that we've been seeing so far. The second evolution comes from the technical SEO space. 
from the technical SEO space, like you mentioned, there isn't a there like like Garrett mentioned, there isn't one big button that you can push and that can you know generate every single the ideal use case that you could use. Um, so, but one aspect that we are definitely seeing a lot of relevance and promise is with log analysis. So we are able to build custom GPTs using the the language four model. We're able to upload a lot of uh, data in the form of logs back to GPT, and then try to build out good prompts that can spit out good, grateful insight. I mean, good insights that we can like understand, see where are the actionable places that we can like improve our uh, our, our page relevancy for uh, certain keywords, as well as identify opportunities where we can elevate these pages that has a lot of promise, but we that hasn't necessarily been structured the right way in the site architecture. So these are the ways that we've been evolving the way we are structuring our, uh, our AI strategy from uh, Botreso so far. Superb. Um, I'd love to, I guess, understand a little bit more about um, specifically what you're looking for within um, logs. Um, what, what kind of prompts uh, do you provide initially to provide a direction to the AI? Absolutely. So one of the first things that we do is we just take the, the, the raw logs and then we feed it into the, the custom GPT. And then we set up prompts like, give. we also have to define constraints. In order to get the right information, it's really important when we build out the prompts to first set out the list of constraints that the bot has to take into consideration. Well, not the bot, but the GPT. And once the constraints are defined, it's all about us asking for questions, what we think will be valuable in order to make the right decisions for improving the site architecture for a specific subfolder or a specific subdomain um, or an individual page which might have a lot of value but isn't necessarily getting the right uh, indexation and therefore the not, not the right ranking. So these are the kind of questions we try to structure the prompts with. And uh, yeah, on a high level, defining constraints, making sure the data that you're feeding the custom GPT is um, you know, accurate to a certain degree. So we, when we also extract a lot of uh, raw logs, there can be opportunities for false positives to come into picture as well. So we really have to, you know, remove certain biases out of it. And this is where the human element comes into play. So you cannot really say that AI can 100%, you know, get the information and solve all problems for you. There has to be a human layer in the middle making sure that the AI is able to generate a lot of uh, the correct insights for you. And that's where that's how we've been seeing the, the evolution of AI so far. Superb. Thanks, TJ. And also an important part of the way that AI is impacting SEO is, is it's not just an SEO's day-to-day -day activities. It's also how it's impacting the SERP, how it's delivering content to the user. Uh, Garrett, um, What's happening with search generative experience at the moment, and how is that impacting the SERP? So, so it's funny. Still in experiment mode, right? We they were experimenting with the AI snapshot. You know, you could sign up for search labs. There was the end of experiment was supposed to be in December. Comes and goes, and it's not being rolled out into the SERPs yet. We talk about it a lot in the potential of how it would impact traffic because it's this like featured snippet on steroids and so if it is deployed into the normal organic serps that would have an impact on traffic that would make our jobs as seo significantly more complicated because we don't anticipate any sort of reporting on it um and then ultimately who shows up in the traffic who shows up in the snapshot and it's something that i've been playing around with in terms of being able to see if we can actually get in there intentionally which i believe you can but it's super volatile 
because the index is always changing. It's always pulling in new information. There's no static, even with the featured snippet, you know, for a given few weeks or months, you can't always expect the same results. So nothing's happening yet. However, the more you hear about AI in the mainstream and the more that Google talks about, you know, their investment in AI, whether it's through, you know, their newest LLM, which is Gemini, which is slowly being integrated into the way that search results, you know, come out, whether it's like Bert or Mom or some of these other algorithms, it's an inevitability. And so I think as SEOs, it's our responsibility to pay attention to what's happening in the event that, you know, tomorrow all of a sudden we see it in our SERPs and, you know, our organic traffic, you know, tanks and what do we do next? Is the reason why Google aren't rolling it out more quickly, the fact that it's costing them more to deliver SGE powered results instead of conventional results? There's, oh man, it's so easy to speculate because you could say, oh, how will it impact ad revenue? Because have they figured out how to monetize it if you don't see ads in there? Does it cost more? You know, like on the one hand, you know, Cindy Crum has has done a lot talking about this idea that, you know, with the personalization of Google and understanding so much of what you do, it stores a lot of information. So it doesn't always have to regenerate every time to the same extent. We see more and more of these filter bubbles in the SERPs, right, that are trying to guide our search queries where, you know, if you put a dog, it'll have dog breeds and, you know, um, you know, dog sizes and other animals. You know, Google is getting smarter in terms of providing more context for our search intent, which is kind of an element of AI as well. Um, but ultimately, it, it's just something that that has the potential to impact the way we think about SEO strategy. So to my point, we just can't ignore it. Um, you're not seeing any technical SEO tools that are powered by AI that are game changing at the moment. No, but I'll clarify what I said before. I didn't mean to make it sound like AI is not impacting the SEO industry at all. Um, I think that, you know, on I guess it's like if you look at it like a spectrum of there's simple tasks that you can use ChatGPT to help with, like take this list of keywords and, and group them for me. Um, give me 10 content ideas for this topic. It, that's that's super useful and and has been a game changer. And then at the opposite end of the spectrum, the custom GPTs that TJ was talking about, that's that's very going to be very very useful. Um, you know, for for a firm like us, so we're not like a you know computer science development firm, you know, but we're learning pretty quickly how to use simple Python scripts <laughs> with the help of ironically chat GPTs to, to, to write them, um, to, to use the, you know, the OpenAI's API to do custom tasks for us and to learn custom things about our internal processes. Um, I guess what I'm not seeing is that in the middle more I hate to use the term cookie cutter because it makes it sound almost useless, but uh, you know, prepackaged, I guess, um, SEO specific AI tools for SEO specific tasks, um, such as some of the stuff we were talking about earlier, like internal linking or just specific SEO challenges where it's a tool for that. You could just have it do it with, of course, the human QA, but you could have it do a large amount of it instead of all this endless prompt engineering or custom GPT designing where you're trying to ask ChatGPT the right thing in the right way and or program your own custom thing the right way. And then the other challenge with either of those is storage. So 
when using ChatGPT's conversations to help us with something, um, we have to remember that it's not going to remember what we tell it about, you know, this client doesn't want to use that type of tone or whatever it is in that session, the memory is all session based. So we have to then remember how and store and write down somewhere how we ended up engineering all those prompts, all the background information that we gave it in order for it to help us with that task so that we can have it help us with that same task again in the future. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you're doing your own custom stuff, then obviously you're getting into server storage, um, processing power, you know, uh, cloud, cloud architecture. It's, I guess, to clarify what I was saying before, at the simplest end of the spectrum, it has actually had a big, the simple tools have had a big impact on the simple tasks. And at the other end of the spectrum, I see massive potential and, uh, you know, ideas already coming together for customized GPTs. Maybe you end up with one custom GPT per client. So your whole team never forgets a thing that the client told you. That's awesome. It's that middle space that like just out of the box you know, ready to go turnkey solutions that I'm not seeing. So, Pam, are you saying that every SEO needs to be actively involved in testing and learning, um, getting their hands dirty and um, seeing maybe what works for them personally, rather than waiting for some um, bigger, more established tool to come along and offer them some kind of cookie cutter approach. Exactly. That's precisely it. Yes, uh, of course, we as SEOs need to be involved in it. Um, as business owners, we should be using it for process improvement and you know process optimization. Uh, there's there's no ignoring it. There's no excuse for ignoring it. But you, you said it exactly right. I guess what I am really saying is that um, it, it, I guess by now, I even thought that there would be more out of the box things just ready for us at our fingertips to use as SEOs. And that's not the case. And I don't even see a lot of promise in what's coming out um, as far as that goes. So yes, exactly. Just don't sit around and wait for the next, you know, do it all for you tool to to pop up in a, in a, any time soon. It just, you, you're going to have to kind of like find your own way with a bunch of different tools. We need to rely on Pam. Pam, create the ultimate SEO AI tool. <laughs> I've been tempted. I'd have to uh, find out how to clone myself first so I'd have some time. But uh, maybe AI could help me with that too. <laughs> Annika, you mentioned that um, you use AI uh, as part of your ideation um, and uh, at the, the beginning. So what, what does that process look like? And um, how do you or other SEOs in your team work together with AI? And how do you ensure that um, you're jumping in at the right stage and you're using AI for the right things? Yeah, absolutely. I think what we found when we're looking at content marketing as a whole, AI can be super useful when you're building these sort of integrated strategies. So whether it's for PR or for on-site content or uh, editorial outreach, as an example, um, what we recently did, um, we although scraping tools have been existing for a long time, but obviously with uh, AI, it's a bit more accessible for somebody who's not very used to using these tools. So what we did... Um, we scraped uh, our client's YouTube channel and uh, the transcripts, headlines, um, and effectively tried to find any specific commentary opportunities from people who have been in their webinars or uh, they've been presenting um, certain sort of topic. Um, and that really helped us sort of find 
you know, new topics for us to also produce content on their website itself. So without just having a YouTube channel, how do we utilize that content in different formats? Um, one thing we also did was um, utilize these transcripts to create like a list of uh, potential podcast titles and actually um, also ask like experts that would be relevant for these uh, podcast titles as uh as a um, output as well. And ChatGPT actually generated a really good list of 100 podcasts. And um, although it's not necessarily something that we would um, do or produce for the client, it's something that would integrate their own marketing strategy to the SEO impact and SEO sort of um, approach that we, we have as well. Um, and therefore bring in, you know, specific topics to press releases and, you know, building that kind of whole ecosystem of content. Um, so I think from, from the sort of research point of view, data gathering, information gathering point of view, you know, even just LLMs can be super useful. And like you said, bringing different teams together, bringing the clients team together, as well as, you know, the SEO teams as well. Um, and yeah, we found that's been quite a nice way to create these new processes on a larger scale and be able to actually scale it up as well. TJ, what are your thoughts on this? How do you bring out human expertise, but also utilize AI at the same time? That's a great question, David. Um, so I think I'll have to draw back to my own experience where um, coming back to like, when you want to build out a custom GPT, right? Um, you have a lot of human influence that goes into building out the custom GPT. Because when you're setting out the right prompts, when you're setting out the right constraints, that's purely coming from the human factor. And how we directionally set out building out that custom GPT, for example, for whatever purpose that might be, will define what the outcome of that GPT would be. Um, so you could take the example of you know, getting insights from blog analysis. It can be getting insights from uh, building out an outline for a blog that you wanted to rank first. Um, so you know, th there's various use cases on how we can potentially achieve whatever our objective is, but that would be directionally influenced by the person actually defining the, the constraints, the outcomes, and the, and the prompts overall. Um, and I feel when you start out uh, when you when you go real hand and you start out working with your hands perfectly with you know with, with those prompts and with those GPTs and so on, you will make mistakes at first, and that's something that is totally acceptable, and that's something that we should be all you know comfortable with because we'll not get it right the first time, because once you're able to achieve a certain scalability for let's say a certain uh, use case for with regards to a certain chatbot that you're building out you will see that there can be other use cases that come into the picture which you haven't factored in and then you'll have to you know like go back to the drawing board you'll have to go back and then you know like destroy your prompts and then come up with a better structure where you can actually get an even better uh, output when you're when you're trying to like scale out um, the prompt and that's how i see the human influence actually playing out and i feel like that is the biggest and the most important factor to the success of ai and it all starts from how we go ahead and set out our uh, strategic thinking to building out the AI uh, success for a, for, a, for, a, for a use case. Yara, so I'd like to take you back to SGE just for a moment. What are your thoughts on how to optimize your content to make it more likely that you're going to feature in SGE? Is there 
anything different that SEOs need to be doing to their content uh, to make it more likely to feature in there? And, and do you want to be featured uh, within those, those results? Oh, some good questions. I do feel like it's the same sort of mindset as wanting to be in the featured snippet. It's frustrating for SEOs because on the one hand, you know, Google's taking your content and generating output and giving you maybe a little link at the bottom of it. And so regardless, you know, you, you do appear above the organic SERPs and you have a little more visibility, but not always in the way that we want. I think with SGE, it's already, it's still evolving, right? So we don't even know what it'll look like when it rolls out there. There was a little carousel that gave you an opportunity for people to go to your website if you were, if they use your information in the output and they removed that recently. And now they're just sourcing it like citations. That said, um, the epiphany that uh, Michael King had was that the way that SGE creates the content is by using fraggles, content chunks. Cindy Crum again talked about that, this idea of Google's getting better at identifying little passages. And we've heard about this with passage rankings within your the document of your content, being able to pull out little insights. And so that's kind of how SGE works. It looks at these different fraggles, these content chunks, and uses that to build out the AI. And using mathematical formulas, you can identify how relevant your content is to the targeted keyword, to these chunks that you want to be pulled in. So it's a lot of trial and error still. It's not like the normal organic SERPs that depends so much on authority and backlinks and you know the entire like the entire structure of your website. It's it's just this chunk of relevancy. I anticipate that'll change, but for the time being, the way that I'm kind of looking at it specifically for informational SERPs is there are also three content types. There's just paragraphs, there are breakouts where it has like a kind of headline and then a little sentence and then bulleted uh, lists. And so trying to make sure the relevance of the content mathematically matches it. And then also making sure the content type matches it. And there's a tool actually from Market Brew called, a, it's a free SGE visualizer that allows you to check your content similarity score to your keyword. So that's operationally how I've actually been testing that out. And that neatly takes me on to the tools, the AI tools that you would actually recommend uh, at this moment in time. Is that the tool that you'd like to recommend, Garrett, or do you have something else in mind as well? Yeah, in the, in the context of SGE, absolutely. And then in the context of just AI processes and content creation, I, I'm still, you know, and TJ has been mentioning is just the custom chat GPTs, finding ones that work for whatever your specific purposes. Lydia Infante built one for schema, person schema. So the idea is taking any information, biographical information about yourself, answering questions, and then having chat GPT build out the JSON for the schema, the structured data that you could then put onto your site and kind of give Google the the hints or the information about who you are to potentially influence your EEAT, which is one of those controversial signals. Fact signals. Well, so I won't even say factors. That's been popping up in the SEO community. Annika, what are your thoughts on AI tools for SEOs? And what tool is appealing to you at the moment? Well, kind of very much what Garrett just said. Um, I think. 
at the moment, especially when we're looking at content and planning out what you're going to write about, the LLMs are great for that. And what I try to do is, although I'm not a content writer, but um, when doing that sort of ideation and topical research, I try to jump from one tool to the next. So perhaps start with um, maybe Bard, move on to Claude, then Bing, and then ChatGPT, and see what's the kind of like general consensus. Um, perhaps whether it's you're using the same prompt on all four or the output from one and pasting it to the next and checking what's the kind of difference between the two. Um, I found personally that um, Claude can be quite sort of creative at writing. It can be quite good at sort of following your tone of voice, whereas Bard is good at summarizing what you might want to say. ChatGPT perhaps a bit more analytical. So it's quite good to kind of try to get those different points uh, to whatever content you're writing, whether it's an email or if you're, you know, writing um, sort of FAQs for uh, a blog article, for example. So, yeah, I think sort of mixing and matching. There's obviously other writing tools like Lex or L-E-X. Um, they can be handy because then you can decide what are the elements that the tool actually focuses on when when you want it to be edited. So instead of you know having different rounds of editing within your team, you can get the AI to edit your first draft first, and then perhaps get it edited by somebody in your team afterwards. As a great tip uh, to actually try different AIs and don't just um, rely on maybe you're in chat GPT all the time and you, you think that that's the the best tool for the job, but not necessarily. And you need to see different answers and obviously different people who are using um, AI as some form of search engine will be seeing different results. So you, you need to, like in conventional SEO, check all your different search engines and see the results that your users are, are more likely to get. Um, Pam, what are your thoughts on current tools that you're using? Current tools. So yeah, I think that ChatGPT is still king for the average user, even, you know, for those that are in a digital marketing agency that maybe, you know, do understand um, the complexities of of AI, but just don't have the time to build out their own custom stuff right now. Um, you know, ChatGPT is still king, I think. Um, but, you know, the as I was saying before, the prompt engineering work that goes into it, just make sure that you're, you're organizing that efficiently. So basically, one of my favorite tools at the moment is the add-on uh, called GPT for Sheets. So we use Google Sheets for like nearly everything. And so, you know, but even if you hadn't been using it, just at, at least use something like that for your prompt engineering, your prompt storage, um, you know, your background information. You could have like a spreadsheet for each client and, you know, store in one cell the back background information and then the typical prompts you use to help with let's say content ideation for that client and just anything else like some of my prompts have gotten to be like a page long but it's priceless to just have that like it, you you nailed it you finally got it you played with the, with chat gpt enough for it to finally give you what you were looking for remember to save that and then even automate that a little bit further by using an extension like GPT for Sheets, where it can just, instead of you even having to copy paste from like a Google Doc into the ChatGPT interface again, it's all just there. So you could just start where you left off. Has anyone been testing Grok? <laughs> the name alone makes me like, ew, I don't want it. I just, <laughs> I, I muted uh, Garrett uh, and a hysterical laugh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, if 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 the the groundswell of of hype around it becomes worth checking out, I I will check it out. But I don't know. It's it's funny. It speaks to brand marketing how how despite spending time on X, it has such a bad taste in my mouth. That same way with like Meta to some extent. It's like Meta has put out Llama and a couple of these these you know open source tools, and yet I'm I'm like nervous around Facebook, but. I mean, OpenAI is doing shady things too. So it's it's all these tools and brands. It's it's hard to choose. You know, pick your poison to some extent. <laughs> TJ, what AI SEO tool are you enjoying at the moment? So David, I feel like if you look at the the all the AI startups like in a in a in a big sheet, um, and you lift out the wrapper, the front end wrapper, you're going to find the OpenAI API like like eighty five percent of all AI startups, right? <laughs> There's going to be some element of OpenAI present in all these AI startups. So personally, I feel that if you're able to nail down your um, your expertise with OpenAI's API, as well as with custom bots, as well as with the actual interface with GPT, you are golden in terms of anything that you want to achieve from an AI perspective. And I feel like there isn't any other language model that is capable of delivering value like OpenAI does. Um, I would definitely use Gork or Grok for building out memes. I feel like it's a great AI tool. If I want some creative ideas to go and troll somebody, that's the tool I would go for, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so that's, that's the way I see it. For uh, everything SEO, uh, open AI, for everything memes and trolling, grok. Okay, let's finish off by getting your perspective on what you may intend to do over the coming six months or so. So is there one SEO activity that you haven't actually tried using AI for yet, but you have an intention to try to do so over the next six months or so. So if you can maybe share that one activity that, that you intend to test, you haven't got around to testing yet, but you intend to test uh, over the coming few months, perhaps how you're going to do that. And then just finish off by reminding the listener your name and, and where people can find you online. Um, so because you are nodding away, Gareth, I'm going to pick on you first. So uh, um, what are you intending to do? I'll try try to keep it short. So one thing I, I I know will work, but I haven't done yet is to your point about subject matter expertise is I do it with my podcast a little bit, but conducting an interview and then taking either that audio, um, mostly audio and putting into, you know, some open AI rapper chat GPT itself to actually summarize it and pull out the key elements to make that process of still using you know, subject matter expertise within my content more efficient and faster. Uh, I think that's a great, like summarization of existing content is a great use case for AI. And so being able to, to do that quickly and effectively is something I, I definitely want to try out. Garrett, you can find me online. Uh, I pull rank at, uh, on, on I'm not calling it X, on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn. You can find Garrett on X. Okay, great. <laughs> so I, I, I love that piece of advice because um, when you're providing ChatGPT with a transcript, then that's its guardrails, isn't it? It's, it's less likely to go off tangent and, and come up with something different. So um, that job of summarizing certainly seem, seems like quite an appealing one. Superb. Okay, Annika, um, what task are you intending to use AI for over the coming few months? 
I think, um, well, TJ mentioned the custom GPTs a few times and we've got a couple, couple on the go. Um, but I think that's something that we, as a business, um, we've obviously tried to find those sort of early adopters who are in, not only interested in AI, but they also have that kind of, I guess, uh, background or somehow passion towards it. And I think sort of building our own bank of GPTs to use, whether it's for tech SEO or content, links, PR, I think that's sort of my dream. And th so therefore, obviously using it for sort of multiple different ways. Um, but that I think helps when you're sort of, I guess, um, standardizing certain processes, because often documenting like Pam said, um, these processes for a team can be really time consuming. Um, so I think if we have a bank of GPTs, I think that would definitely help, especially, you, you know, when you're hiring new people and we sort of mentioned about, you know, using AI uh, when when sort of being hired uh, as a junior SEO, um, I think that would be like a great way to learn how an agency, for example, operates and what do they, you know, what do they prioritize? Uh, what's important uh, in in their approach? So yeah, I think a bank of GPTs definitely will be my my goal. Super, and, thanks, um, Anakin. Yeah. Where, yeah, where people can find you? Yeah, you were just getting onto that. <laughs> yeah, well, same as what Gareth said: Twitter and LinkedIn mainly, mainly LinkedIn. Twitter, I'm very bad at. <laughs> Lovely. And Pam, what are your thoughts on what you're intending to use AI for over the coming few months? So I'm going to copy the previous answer and say a bank of GBTs. However, I am going to try my best not to base them on open AI because that lawsuit has me kind of nervous. I fear that whichever way that goes, even if it's just some kind of out-of-court settlement or whatever, I feel like it's going to set them back. It could set them back. Um, you know, a, a quite a bit in their technology. If they have to rewind and untrain, um, and I'm speaking about the New York Times suing OpenAI over, you know, the fact that ChatGPT was trained on copyrighted material or what they claim is copyrighted material. OpenAI claims it's fair use material. Whatever it, whatever outcome may come of that, uh, I don't want to get into a place where I've built a bunch of custom GPTs off of the OpenAI. API that then all of a sudden drastically changes. So mm. I am going to take my custom GPTs offline and start using some open source models and my own. Um, at first, I mean, obviously, cloud architecture is the way to go in the in the long term. But in the in the short term, um, use my own uh, computer equipment. Like I have my my mining rig that I used to mine <laughs> Ethereum on. <laughs> I'm going to change. It I was going to say a... you have enough PCs. I'm sure dotted about the house. <laughs> <laughs> My my Ethereum rig is going to turn into an AI rig, and uh, I'll see what I could do with that. And where can people find you, Pam? At Pam and Marketing on uh, pretty much all the socials. Uh, of late, I'm most active on TikTok. Lovely, and you should definitely check out Pam on TikTok. You haven't really encouraged me to get on there properly yet. <laughs> I, I will maybe try it at some point. I but was, Pam's I doing was a great job. Wrong yeah. over the past year that uh, I thought my target audience was not there, and I was completely wrong about that. There's a great community there for you know types of people we're we're looking to connect with. Follow Pam on TikTok. DJ, what are your thoughts on what you intend to do with AI over the coming few months? I definitely want to mess with my teammates using Grok a lot more. I feel like I haven't done that, that, done that enough. So that's something that I want to do more. Um, but on the SEO side of things, I definitely want to go a lot more into programmatic SEO. Um, I've seen the benefits that it, it has if executed properly. 
um, for specific use cases. It's it's a it's a valuable gold mine that definitely deserves to be um, uh, used to a greater degree. So I would definitely be pushing myself as well as my team to explore all possible. Um, uh, options to scale content, which definitely adds value to users at the end of the day, while you know leveraging OpenAI. I feel like nothing still beats OpenAI, so that's going to be our fuel, and I'm going to push towards uh, programmatic SEO over the next uh, coming year for sure. And where can people find you, TJ? Oh yeah, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm not going to give you my uh, Twitter ID. <laughs> we'll stick with because... LinkedIn. <laughs> okay, well. Let's see if you're you're on there in a few months' time. We've had a wonderful discussion today, a, a great panel. Thanks again to Annika, Pam, TJ and Garrett. I've been your host, David Bain, and you've been listening to the Majestic SEO panel. If you want to join us live next time, sign up at majestic.com slash webinars. There are quite a few people watching us live this time, but not a lot of interaction. I'm sure you're just um, enamored with the wonderful information shared. Um, of course, you can check out the other series as well that we produce over at seoin2024.com. But for now, bye-bye for now.